You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast that encourages mindfulness, gratitude, and hopefully an occasional laugh. I'm Mark Reed, a former college professor and lawyer. Now I live in the countryside of Japan, make traditional Japanese paper, and try to make myself and the world a little better today than it was yesterday. I'm here twice a week, either with research and observations or talking with inspiring, artistic, and influential people. The idea is to bring some calm and kindness to the world and help you do the same. Hey, here we are. My cohorts, Andy Rickles and Rob Crotline, are back with me for our monthly-ish powwow. Welcome, fellas. Andy, you're not in the Harry Styles studio today. Uh, I'm not. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, today I'm, I'm trying to act like a grown man instead of a 14 year old girl. Oh, <laughs> uh, the 14 year old girl side of you is the more appealing one. So. I'm going to go ahead and disagree like early <laughs> on and just say, no, it's not okay. Yeah, there you go. I want the Harry Styles room. <laughs> so yeah, this is why I like to have Rob in on these conversations. He, he's, he's there to back me up sometimes on the important issues. Um, today's topic though is not Harry Styles. It is media. And while we have discussed this topic before in relation to conversations we've had on political issues, I want to put the spotlight directly on media today, or perhaps more importantly, our relationship to it as the public, um, as in how much responsibility do we bear? So it's easy to point our fingers at this new source or that new source and say, hey, you're biased. Well, yeah. We're biased because you are buying us. Mm. We, the media, are the supply side. and You, the, con- the consumer of the media, is the demand side of this business model. So, of course, we get a Fox News or an MSNBC or a CNN out of all this. Thing is, we can't really regulate it either. I mean, in terms of governmental re- regulation, and we can set certain limits like libel and slander. But otherwise, we have a free press and we have freedom of speech. And no one wants government-controlled media like Pravda in Russia or North Korean-controlled media or tightly restricted press like in China. So what do we do? That's the topic today. Uh, Rob, where do you get your news? Well, um, I really get it all over. Um, I'm fairly comfortable with the sensitivity setting that I have on my bullshit meter. And so (laughs) I don't... I don't, I don't self-censor too much. I don't mind going to um, CNN, New York Times, you know, even though um, those sources are hopelessly biased. Um, you know, CNN, uh, they, if you go to their website, um, they will clearly label certain uh, articles opinion, which is great. Good for you. Um, the problem is, is that they will also label certain articles analysis. Um, and of course the implication being what that should be is that that should be presenting some news and some analysis and then providing some context to it. It, That's the way I would view that. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately what they do is those analysis pieces are, are absolute piece of crap hit pieces. I mean, that's straight up opinion being presented as analysis. Um, that is the uh, problem. That is with with that said, you know, I'll read that stuff um, solely for the purpose of seeing like, what is the other side's perspective on this? Um, You know, I like to be made sort of uncomfortable 
um, when I'm, you know, kind of digesting things. Um, and I, th I think I also use the main news sites as sort of a, um, a summary board. Like, you know, they're great because they have so many resources as far as, you know, you can look at their mastheads, you can look at their headlines and kind of get a sense of what's going on in the world, but then go and find, you know, the actual source material yourself. Um, I go to a lot of kind of wonky, geeky, um, foreign policy and military type uh, news sites. Shocker. It, and, uh, <laughs> you know, because a lot of times these are folks that are out there doing the stuff, you right. know, and, and they are just writing blogs about it. And, you know, um, you get diplomats, you get, you know, kind of guys that are, um, you know, security contractors and they're stationed over in, you know, Iraq or Syria or Afghanistan, and they're talking about stuff that they see, um, you know, that source material there, we've probably never had a better time with the internet being the way it is that you can actually get to people that are on the ground somewhere and yeah. they are independent journalists. Um, there's a guy named Emil Gessen. Um, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of him. He is a former British soldier, uh, former British paratrooper, and he has gotten into, you know, journalism and he does documentaries and I follow him. Uh, he's been in Syria. He's been in Palestine, um, you know, a lot of different places. And his stuff is, uh, you know, pretty bias free. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's observations on the ground somewhere. Um, I love that stuff. I love yeah. being able to, you know, get just straight up observation, straight up source material. And when you put that in context with, um, you know, uh, some of the stuff that CNN or Fox News or MSNBC is putting out there, you know, you can kind of develop a nice, clear picture of things, I feel like, um, you know, without necessarily having to censor yourself, you know, with some of these biased sources. See, I, I, I think you I, touched on something. Sorry. No, I'm good. I, good. Say, no. I, I think you touched on something uh, that I've been thinking about as I've been thinking about this topic is almost more important than where we get our news information is how we process it. Um, there is an, an astonishing lack of critical thinking uh, when it comes to how like the Amer American populace consumes media. Um, and you, but you, that's something you have to do on your own. You know, we all, you, you know, you guys have been lawyers. Um, I have a, a background in philosophy, so I've taken logic courses. So I understand, I can see the bones of an argument um, and recognize fallacies because I've, I've been trained a little bit too, and most people have it, um, but it's just so obvious, like those analysis pieces you were talking about, it's just, you know, the headline says one thing and you start looking for things that confirm that headline and you realize it's just sort of horseshit, right? Like it, there's nothing in there um, or, or it'll say, you know, this person said this thing and then you read the article and you read their quotes and they didn't say that thing. Um, yeah. Like it, they never actually said those words or the, um, because I mean, it's, it's impossible to find a source with no bias, right? You know, every, cause everybody's speaking from a place, even somebody who just shares observations, they're choosing what to share, which is in itself some, uh, some form of, of a bias. Um, and, and so I think we have to, we have to teach people how to consume critically um, and find those sources. 
Yeah, that's it. Uh, in, in fact, I, one of the first things that you had said, Rob, I, I think Andy and I both picked up on you. I think you called it a bullshit detection uh, <laughs> meter or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, yes. And what you said, Andy, we three sort of have backgrounds in that. But most people don't. And I know we've talked before, like we need to start educating people on how to do that. How? I mean, how do you get people, you know, to start thinking critically, especially let's say we're talking to somebody who's in their forties and they're like, I don't, I'm not going back to school to learn how uh, to learn critical analysis. Yeah. Yeah. As somebody, as somebody in their forties, if you're in your forties and you're too tired to learn new stuff, (laughs) I mean, that's kind of shitty. Like, it's one thing if you're in your 70s. If you're in your 70s or 80s, yeah, you have permission to sit on the front porch and flannel and smoke a cigar all day. I don't care. You've earned that. But if you're in your 40s, man, I mean, you got to give some effort. Like, the world still needs you to be a functioning human. Like, give give some effort and learn. Now, as far as where to go, I don't know if those sources are out there. I think I don't. It needs well, to start, you know, when we educate our children. When I... Um, when I, uh, not to cut you off, but when I was putting together my notes for, for this discussion, I came across a site that is brilliant. Um, I wish I'd thought of this idea and, uh, um, it's, it's called allsides.com. Hmm. And basically it takes a, a particular news story. It could be like the topic of the day when we're talking right now is the, uh, the bombing in, um, Kabul, you know, at the airport. Yeah. So it'll take a story like that and then it'll put side by side by side by side, like four or five. What does, what is the headline from Fox? What's the headline from MSNBC? What's the headline from Reuters, you know, AP. Uh, And it lets you look at how is each side spinning it and puts it right there in the same location. I I love that. Um, And like I said, I wish I had thought of that idea. Uh, I also like the idea that Rob brought up about going to the source of the source. I think yeah. some people, people just look at, you know, they get their news from whatever channel and they think that's the source as if that, per, as if that channel or that newspaper or what, well, nobody reads a newspaper anymore or whatever, but um, that as if that's the, that's the beginning and end of the source, but they got that from somewhere else. Right. They got that from boots on the ground from someone. And how do we, Rob, tell us how we get access to that. You know, you'd mentioned some sites you go to. How do you find out who is, you know, wherever the action is happening? How do you go to the source of the source? I think, you know, that's, that's sort of inherently the problem. And I, I think, you know, we, we touched on it a little bit in talking about, you know, responsibility for this. Um, the problem is, is that it requires work. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's it's not something that that is easy. Um, you know, it, it's interesting to me. I, I think a lot of the the satire news um, programs and uh, the Daily Show on Comedy Central used to be really good at this. They've kind of gotten away from it, but early on, when John Stewart took that over uh, from Craig Kilborn, um, one of the things that they did that I think they did best was they would show news pieces from Fox or from CNN or somewhere and then sort of point out, you know, the stupidity in it or the bias in it and, 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 you know, in a funny way and laugh about it. Um, John Oliver is extremely good about that. Um, you know, on his, 
I think an, an HBO show uh, last week tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, now the problem is, is that, uh, you know, like, like you just mentioned, there's bias everywhere. And so, you know, you, you can get a little bit of bias from John Stewart and John Oliver. And, um, I mean, John Oliver's you know, bias. He's, he's left. That's, there's no question about that. Oh yeah. yeah. But man, he, uh, um, but they're still very good at, at, at showing bias somewhere else. Yes. You know, yeah. in, in other news. And, and so, you know, I, th I think going back to an earlier question about how do we train our, you know, how do we build up that bullshit detector? Um, mm -hmm. you know, a, a really simple way and kind of a fun one is to watch some of these shows and they'll do it for you, you know, and, and, and yeah. that's a good example to have. Um, you know, but the unfortunate thing, if, if you're actually going to go and try to find the source, um, you, you know, you, you got to be out on social media and you've got to do a little research, you know, get beyond just scrolling through your newsfeed and your echo chamber. You've got to search for stuff. And, um, you know, so one of the things I've done is, when I, you know, when I see something on the news and, you know, I, I may pick it up from NPR or BBC or CNN or whatever, um, you know, when I have a minute or two, I'll go look for posts about that on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, now you have to deal with a lot of BS and this is where the work comes in is, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's a ton of people posting things that's just crap. Um, but, you know, if, if you, if you do this enough and you kind of get practiced at the search terms and you can kind of weed through the, the memes and the, you know, the, the, the goofy stuff, you can actually find, you know, people that are on the ground doing these things, you know, in these places. And, um, you know, and I think the other thing that we, we all need to be better at is purposefully seeking out the other side. Yeah. I agree. Um, I hundred percent. I, I agree with that. Yeah. I, I tend to be, you know, I, I, I lean conservative, um, you know, internationally, foreign policy wise, you know, I have certain opinions and, you know, one of the sites I follow is uh, called Middle East Eye. Um, and this is a sort of a, you know, Al Jazeera type, you know, it, it's a very pro-Arab, pro-Palestinian type news source. But, you know, in, in, in many ways, if you know that, go into an understanding that there's still some good news there because they can tap into and they can reach people on the street in Gaza and, you know, in, in, in places where you're not going to, you're not going to hear that perspective from Fox news. And, you know, you, you kind of have to build your own mosaic of, right. you know, like I'm going to look at this site that, that's, you know, that's, I don't necessarily agree with what they're, you know, what they're spinning, but I, I want to hear the news. I want to hear the information that they can provide. And if you're open-minded enough and, and resilient enough to do that, you can get some fantastic perspectives. I, I agree. And uh, however, the, on, the only uh, small obstacle here is that some people, like let's say I'm talking to a lefty and I say, hey, hey you need to actually go listen to Fox sometimes, you know, to see what they're saying, to un try to understand their rationale. You know, maybe there is some logic to what they're saying and why they're saying it. The only problem is, okay, that lefty will go over to watch Fox and spend the whole time just screaming at the TV because, you know, like that's bullshit, you know, and, the, and it yeah. just fires them up more on, it just makes them more left almost because yeah. well, the, you, bull, you, the yeah. bullshit is so thick. Right. Well, yeah, you have to be a little more specific probably when you tell them what, 
you know, you can't just say go watch Fox, Fox go News. Go watch if Tucker they, Carlson. Right. If they turn it on during Tucker, Tucker Carlson, there is nothing of value there. Zero. Like that's not news. It's not rational opinion. Um, it's just a white guy like yelling about shit. Like it, that there is they no had, value in that. Know, he had to admit I, I, I that. I will qualify that and say that you should never watch any of these channels. When I say <laughs> go fair. to Fox News go, or go to CNN, I mean go to their website yeah. and, and read the pieces. Yeah, it, the, the talking heads, there was there's nothing edifying or useful from any of those people on any of those uh, On either side. Look, look I'll even I, yeah, absolutely. I, I point my finger at Rachel Maddow. Like, you know, even I, she almost makes something like I will go into agreeing before she starts talking. Like I'm already on her side on an issue. And then it's so slanted the way she's presenting it. Yeah. It makes me, it, it kicks up that devil's advocate yeah. brain that I have. And I start countering and I'm like, you're actually moving me further to the right because of how <laughs> crazy the left. danger about people, the danger about those talking heads on the left is they've learned how to be nicer about it. Um, Fox news. They don't care. I mean, they'll, they'll scream whatever, but you know, MSNBC. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's, there's this, this air of intellectuality on MSNBC, right, right. but in truth, um, they're just doing the same kind they of really are. PT Barnum bullshit. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I I, I have a a fairly, I'm fairly well versed in like religious deconstruction, Um, not just from my own, but just in in following that online. And a lot of that has played out on on like Twitter. Um, But it it has involved hearing from sources of people that have been hurt by churches or whatever. Um, And in some ways, I, I think that we, we almost need to, as a society, deconstruct from the way that we consume media. Like we have to start asking difficult questions about everything that we want. You know, I think there are some on both ends of the spectrum that we should just throw out. Yeah. You know, I, I, OAN, I, like just don't even, don't ever watch those. Like there's nothing of value there. Um, but, but we, we have to reevaluate, um, how we watch and consume those and ask quite like demand answers from yeah. uh, in truth from them. Yeah. I, uh, I, <clears throat> I really do like this, this notion of sort of grassroots reporting that, that Rob has you yeah. know, been talking about, like get the source, get the, you know, find the source of the source and get your information that way. Uh, that's fine for say fires in Greece or an earthquake in, uh, in Japan what about what do we do when blatantly false information comes from i don't want, i'm not trying to go into politics here but you know marjorie taylor green has been a vocal proponent of masks don't work uh twitter temporarily suspended her after this month after she posted a tweet that claimed vaccines don't reduce the spread of covid-19 um what the Fuck, I was going to try not to swear as much this episode, but what the fuck do we do with that? I'm going I'm to, I'll tell you what we do. It, the, the, the answer to bad information, and this is what irritates me to no end about media, social media, and, and you know, efforts to things. The cure for bad ideas is good ideas. Mm-hmm. The cure for false information is true. And that's it. And look, there are going to be people that disagree with things 
and, you know, don't accept the truth. And I, I think for some reason we've gotten to a weird place in society where people somehow care what people think. <laughs> and, you know, it drives them crazy that there are Marjorie Taylor Greens out there or, you know, anti-vaxxers or whatever. And, you know, we, we honestly, we got to get back to a place where we just say, I don't give a shit what you think. <laughs> this is the truth. Let them spout their nonsense. Um, you know, there's, I, I, I'm sure there's probably, I don't know if you guys have ever read Game of Thrones or anything, but there, there's a great line from one of the characters in there, uh, Tyrion Lannister. And he says, if you cut out a man's tongue, you don't prove him a liar. You simply prove that you're scared of what he's going to say. Mm. And I think that's what inherently bothered me about when they, you know, censored Trump, um, took him off the platforms and everything. Now, I mean, let me be clear. 99.9% uh, .9 of the nonsense Trump says is just straight up idiocy that, I, you know, I would be angry if my 13 year old said it. But, you know, by God, you know, like he has a right to say stuff. And I don't think if you censor him, you only empower him. You know, you make him a martyr. But and, to be clear, he's not, you know, he's not censored. He just can't tweet. So, you know, that particular well, platform said you can't, but, you can speak, but you can't speak here. You can't, you can't. When you let, when you let 99% of everybody else in society speak using that platform and then, but not this person, then yes, you are censoring that person. Mm. I mean, I, I understand the argument that, you know, look, it's a private platform and they can do what they, it's a private company. They can do what they want. I agree with that, but it's still censorship. It is. And, you know, when, when college students band together to say, we don't want this person speaking on our campus, it's still censorship. And we, you know, th this notion, you know, this is the other thing. We have to get to a place where we realize it's okay to take an idea in or take information in and then analyze it. Yeah. And you're free to reject it. You know, and, and, and I'll say the same thing about crap on the right. This nonsense about all these parents showing up at school board meetings trying to ban, you know, uh, CRT, critical race theory, and trying to, you know, all this kind of stuff, that mm -hmm. is anti-freedom. It's anti-American. Yeah. You know, everything should be available for us to review and read and, you know, analyze that. Just because you read something, just because information is presented to you doesn't mean you have to internalize it and, right. and let it change your behavior. Yeah. yeah. yeah and and we, will, we will need thoughtful, um, adults to help guide our young people in how to do that too, though. You know, I, I, as somebody who's worked with, with, you know, high school and middle school students for a long time, you know, I, there's some information that, you know, those minds aren't ready and can't really like process in the same way that an adult can. And so um, it, it's going to take a lot of people to help especially young people, but even some grownups who never learned how to, to critically think, you know, to be patient and kind and thoughtful and help them know, you know, how to find their own bullshit. Mm. Like how, how do we trust anyone anymore? Um, should we become, <laughs> well, I mean, that's my next question. Is it like, should we become a don't trust anyone kind of people? Don't trust the media. Don't trust politicians. Don't trust social media. Don't trust your parents. Wait, you know, what? Um, you know, 
we're we're old enough, the three of us, that we remember uh, who Walter Cronkite was. We're not old enough to remember his actual broadcast that much. His last one was in 1981 when we were kids. But, uh, you know, people born, say, after 1990 might not even know who Walter Cronkite is. America used to trust this yeah. man to bring the news, regardless of what side you were on. Can we ever have something like that again? I mean, if somebody will do what he did and prove themselves, you know, trust is earned. And, you know, sure, we should trust people when they've earned it, when they've proven to us time and time again, um, you know, that, that what we're saying is, is the truth. And, you know, I, I've, I've seen this in action, you know, being a, uh, a divorce and custody attorney. And then, it, you know, even in my own divorce. Um, you know, it frequently happens that parents in a divorce um, situation, they try to sway their kids one way or another, and they badmouth the other parent and things like that. And, and I used to tell clients all the time, look, there is a short term gain there. You know, you can get your kids irate about the other parent and get them to agree with you short term. But eventually they're going to see that what you're peddling is complete bullshit and it's going to turn them against you. And so, you know, I had a policy during my own divorce case that I was just, it was truth, brutal truth, whatever, you know, uh, I wasn't going to spend anything. And, you know, I, I did that. And to this day, you know, my kids trust me, but it requires telling the truth over and over and over and over right. again, provable truth mm. to get, you know, and, and, and I, Think, you know, we, we've touched that ourselves about what are the places that we trust, um, you know, like the media sources that we trust. And I mean, you know, the next question would be, why do you trust them? And I think, you know, probably my answer, I'm sure this is Andy's too, is, well, I've, I've heard them speak enough and then gone and checked on it and discovered that this was accurate. Um, you know, uh, I, I think a, a real good source is, uh, y'all probably heard of this, uh, 538.com. Yeah. Terrific. Nate Silver, I think. A lot of data driven stuff and, and, you know, and they're great about posting where they get this data, the surveys, the, you know, the research and, you know, um, I've, I've, I've read their stuff enough and I go and I'll actually look at you can most of the time they'll hyperlink it. you can click through right. and look at the study that they're citing and you know when you do that enough and you know you see that hey they they're peddling the truth here and you know yeah, I, I, don't, I may not agree with everything but this is this is data this is hard truth yeah i think 538 is is a great source go ahead Andy. yeah, yeah i was just gonna say yeah the, the sites that have earned earned the right to be trusted um, and I think another thing we have to look at is motivation. Um, you know, what is what is the, a, a person or an, a media entity's motivation for what they're telling you? Is it um, to make you a, a more informed person, or is it to sell advertising? Um, and in a lot of cases, for for the big media companies, especially the twenty-four hour news sources, um, it, it's to sell it's to sell things like it's almost always to, right. Almost and, always and so, to sell you know, and you, so you have to consider what's the motivation there. Um, yeah. Are they trying to get something from me or are they trying to, to, to help me? Um, when, when I found out that Jeff Bezos owns the Washington post, I kind of stopped 
going to yeah. the Washington Post. And I, it bummed me out a little bit because I, I, I did enjoy uh, – I, I, I do still feel like it – I prefer the Washington Post, say, over the New York Times. But uh, I, I now kind of feel like, you know, you couldn't – You're. it's not a completely unbiased – I mean, I, I guess I already knew that Washington Post wasn't totally unbiased. It, it obviously leans left. But anyway – uh, final words. Let's let's be positive. Let's try to take us out. Put a positive spin on this. To to spin our own news here. <laughs> um, so, what is the good news for us? How can we feel better about our situation? Um, you know, I guess w- the thing I came up with, and then you guys can can chime in, uh, is that we're free to have this discussion at all. And, you know, that's a bonus. We uh, we do all have access to the internet. And whether you want to slam Twitter or not for censorship, uh, the internet itself is obviously not controlled. You can sell Marxism there. You can sell Islamic fundamentalism there. You can sell flat earth theories there. You can even sell and buy drugs there, or so I'm told. Uh, So we have the internet. It's a double-edged sword, I know. But uh, we do live in a time where, uh, well, as we talked about today, you you know, that you can actually go find the source of the source, you know, or the source of the source of the source. You know, you can go find out where did this information come from. So that's a good thing, I think. So um, I think so too. Um, you know, it it democratizes voices in a way to where if if another if a critical mass of people realize the power of of that and the power of everybody having a voice, uh, then the people that will suffer the most are those in power. They're the ones who, who stand the most to lose, um, which is an exciting thing. Like that's, that's a good thing. I think, um, is that it, it, it can lead to real change, um, because the information's out there and everybody has a chance to access the same stuff in a way. Rob, any positive words? (laughs) (laughs) I can just, no. No, decline. Yeah. No, nah, you know what? Yeah. Grandpa I mean, Simpson like, of our group. Uh, <laughs> I gotta be, you know, the, 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 the devil's advocate in me just can't stand it. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I, 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 I really, I, I, I do not trust my, my fellow man to, uh, to go to this effort. Um, I, I, well, I, I agree I with you there. That probably okay. we are probably, we are you, the three of us are probably in 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 like a two percent bracket somehow of being willing to put in the work and you know and, and engage with things that that we don't necessarily agree with yeah. um, and you know I just don't believe that most people are going to go to that effort. That's- and. I, I'm sorry to cut you off in, in your final speech, but I, and I'll let you have the last word, but it, you know, you, you have highlighted here that it is work. And when you wrote, when you, when you said that, you know, I had written down a note for myself about, you know, there are now fact checkers, you know, I mean, there've been a, there've been fact checkers for a while. Snopes.com has been around for a long time. Yeah. Now people will point their finger at the fact checkers and say, well, the fact checkers are, bias how do you know how can you trust your fact checker yeah well and and the, the question well, I, I tell you, that you need to be the fact checker <laughs> <laughs> the question for me based on what you said rob is I, I i tend to agree with you i think that we're in in a small minority of people who want to and are willing to do the work 
the question for me is how do we change that? And maybe that's a, a topic for another podcast, but you know, how, how do we get more people to see what we see? Um, and not that we have all the information in the world, far from it, uh, but how do we get more people to be engaged in a way that does lead to critical thinking and, um, and, you know, a more hopeful way to, to engage with, with media um, and, and, and everything. There you go. Rob, any last thoughts? Um, you know, you, I don't You've said enough um, already, Rob, I think. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> we were hesitant there and I was going to get you off the hook. Go ahead. You, if you do have something. Well, no, no. I, 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 I will say I think the, the information revolution that has occurred over the last um, 25, 30 years is one of those just massive events in human history that is going to take a really long time to shake out. Yeah. And I, I, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but um, I, I don't know that we'll necessarily survive it in, 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 in an intact way. I think, you know, we're probably looking at, um, you know, this being one of those pivotal uh, moments in human history where in a hundred years, we're not necessarily going to recognize like, our society or, or, or possibly even any other um, because it's drastically changing how we relate and, and how things work. And, you know, um, it's just when you're in the middle of it, you can't see the end of it. And, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be bad. This could end up being a wonderful thing, um, you know, that we could come out of this and, and be closer than ever to some sort of utopia. But, um, you know, it could also lead to a whole bunch of wars and bad stuff too. So, um, there you go. Well, you know, we'll, we'll end on that. The information apocalypse. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it has been an enlightening conversation, fellas, as always. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening or watching on YouTube and you, uh, think it's an enlightening conversation, you'd like to hear more, go to patreon.com slash sin sandwich and throw us a couple of bucks. And, uh, yeah. And we'll have more just like this. Thanks again, guys. I appreciate sure. it.